This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where we'll be talking with Vinod Narayan. He's a senior software engineer and project manager at Viviota. We'll be talking about the differences in technical and leadership career paths, key skills in project and people management, managing diverse teams and complex projects, and paths of industry growth in both hardware and software fields. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the leadership and career expert and author of The Intentional Engineer. You can find more information on me and my work at Jeff. And this is the Engineering Career Coach podcast brought to you by EMI, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Now it's time to jump into the main segment of our episode. Today I have with me Vinod Narayan. Vinod, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Hey Jeff, pleasure to be here. All right, Vinod, as we get started here, excited to have you. We want to get to know you. So can you tell us about your journey? You've done a n- number of different things, uh, but tell us about some of those early days, maybe coming from an engineering student to now your technology leader in both hardware and software. So tell us a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first of all, uh, again, thanks for having me here. And uh, I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation. Uh, so a little bit about myself, you know, in my early days, so I've been born and brought up in India and I've been in North America for uh, over 10 plus years now, U.S. and Canada combined. Uh, And uh, I think uh, being in general, very much passionate about technology and engineering in general and, you know, growing up early days, uh, I've had that inclination and curiosity towards, you know, science and and math in general, which allowed me to kind of pursue a career uh, in, in science and engineering and I do remember uh, some of my, like, you know, while, while I was being an engineering student, uh, I was always kind of inquisitive more and trying to always like to build, like build platforms, build prototypes, like Tinker in general, you know, and I remember me being like, you know, really trying to understand how things work in general, you know. Uh, so that kind of uh, helped me to identify some of the areas that I'm passionate about and I kind of decided to, you know, pursue my career in R&D in general. And and that's when I think uh, after I completed my master's in electrical and computer engineering from one of the reputed universities in Canada, I, I started my career in hardware, working for like a mid-sized company. Um, and then I was basically like came in as a hardware design engineer. Uh, and then I worked for one of the startups after that. There I spent like a couple of years, three years, I think. And that was one of the, I would say, like juncture in my journey uh, because, you know, everybody has their uh, journeys and I would say like, you know, main points. And that was one of the main point in my journey because that's where I, I think uh, I was brought in to work on some of the hardware aspects. But then, you know, it was a startup. So they were asking me to kind of like, they wanted someone to, you know, uh, do some tasks and 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 you know try to understand more about 
the system, the testing, the automation and, and software and all that. So I, I basically didn't shy away from that. Uh, I was open to those things and I kind of embraced those. And that's when I think I exposed myself to a lot more like uh, not only hardware, but system uh, integration, software and all that aspects. Uh, so I kind of grew from, you know, in, from hardware to kind of expose myself to coding and, and languages and software. So that really helped me, uh, I would say. And also uh, there, I was also exposed to kind of like more of like uh, leadership aspects and management aspects of the project and the team. Uh, so that that really helped me. And But I think I worked there for three years. But then after three years, I think the company was going through uh, some of the changes and then they kind of basically uh, laid off a lot of people. I was one of them, but I was looking forward to my next opportunity. And that's when and I was open for doing taking like calculated risks. And that's when I think uh, I got an opportunity down south. So I moved from Canada to U.S., and I was working for one of the one of the companies. It had a similar role, uh, I would say, but uh, but I basically had more uh, exposure in a lot of different areas uh, as compared to previous role. Uh, and from there on, I've been uh, you know like uh, been a senior engineer and and also like a leader and a manager, working for various different companies like big companies, small companies, startups. Uh, so from there, I worked for J and J like Johnson Johnson, uh, working on medical device. There, I was uh, I was brought in as a senior technical leader, so I kind of managed to lead the technical effort, uh, not only like hardware but also software, and also manage the project and key stakeholders, internal, external. So a lot of different responsibilities and scope. Uh, and then from there on, I was also like uh, brought in as a head of uh, electrical engineering and and software for Starbucks, where I was leading the the development for uh, like the retail equipment and also managing the team and, and 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 also like a huge advocate for bringing in the best practices for software and hardware. Uh, so yeah, and you know, and, and recently been working with work with Meta uh, as an electrical engineering leader and also working uh, for a startup focusing on data analytics software platforms. So in general, I would say that my career trajectory, as I said, there have been like important points. Um, there were like, you know, choices that I had to make. And I think one of the key takeaways is that I was open to those choices and I was able to capitalize on them uh, and embrace them and take initiatives. And that kind of helped me to not only like, uh, you know, uh, become an expert in hardware, but also extend my capabilities in software and, and grow eventually as a technology leader uh, in both the spaces, influence uh, the organizations that I join it. Okay, so lots of fun and, and differing types of experiences you've had over the years and types of different types of roles, different types of companies you've been a part of and, and the industry. So now one of the things that we often get a lot of people curious about, especially as they're early in their career and trying to chart what's where they want to go next and what, you know, looking forward is the difference between kind of taking a technical path versus taking the management or the leadership path from an engineering standpoint. And you've, you've done some of both as a technical, as a senior technical person and gone into management and leadership. So for engineers who are still trying to figure that out for themselves, what are some of those factors in your opinion that they should be thinking about considering when deciding between one path or the other? Sure. So I believe that there are some 
important key factors that would come into the play when choosing between technical and management path. And I think for engineers who are uh, who are early in their careers or in the mid careers and they're trying to decide between what makes more sense, I would say that uh, some of the key factors, like for example, in in technical ladder, you are uh, as an engineer. I think the scope and the responsibilities are going to be quite different, right, as compared to the management ladder. So I think the scope and the responsibilities are still going to be uh, depending on obviously different companies have different levels and all that, but in general you know, uh, whether you are like an uh, entry-level engineer or like a senior engineer, your scope and the responsibilities are going to be uh, focusing on a lot more technical aspects, right? Technical scope, uh, you know, uh, trying to solve technical challenges, being involved in some of the details and, and trying to uh, basically know the technical know-how of the project or the product. Uh, if you are like maybe senior uh, in a senior engineer, you're probably going to have uh, responsibilities maybe around managing some of the technical uh, project level responsibilities and managing some of the key stakeholders, but you're still going to be involved in some level of detail or uh, you know being able to influence those technical key decisions. But whereas as far as the management ladder is concerned, I think it's going to be again as I said like going to be quite different, right? You are now expected as part of the uh, if you're a manager or you know uh, or a director, you're expected to uh, build teams, manage teams, bring that uh, you know positive atmosphere or, or helping enable the teams to work with high efficiency and uh, and enable that um, positive atmosphere of working uh, in general uh, and and bringing people together, uh, making some strategic key decisions and also being uh, being able to own things right and and also like you know lead by example which would mean that, you know, you are uh, taking ownership, you are uh, trying to inculcate uh, best practices, whether it is culture or processes or environment, whatever that is, uh, right? And then also uh, kind of trying to be able to understand people, because I think that is that is probably one of the key aspects is to how do you keep yourself motivated, not only yourself motivated, but also the team motivated, right? So I think uh, as far as these are some of the key differences that an engineer has to uh, realize when they're trying to make a transition. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, uh, leadership and management, you know, it's it's not for everyone. So, uh, you know, as an engineer, or uh, because you get a lot of training uh, as an engineer, but when you're trying to transition, there is no specific official training guide, right? So <laughs> it is very important to kind of understand that uh, and, you know, uh, and in order to kind of consider making the transition and having their factors, uh, it's very important to realize some of these key things that I just mentioned. Uh, and then just talking to people, uh, you know, maybe different leaders, mentors, uh, and trying to understand how it works, uh, you know, and, and maybe, uh, you know, taking an initiative, uh, you know, if there is a short-term initiative, talking to a supervisor, trying to see if it is something that you want to pursue long-term. So that those, those are some of the key, uh, I, I would say, like techniques or strategies uh, in trying to understand more about whether this is uh, something that you that is of interest to you. Because at the end of the day, uh, you also want to grow in either way, in either direction you go, and you want to be really loving what you do at the end of the day, right? So having, uh, you know, trying to understand more about these different paths and considering these factors 
some of the key factors that could influence your decisions and, and really trying to understand your personality and interests is going to allow you to make that choice, uh, whether to go and go into management or, or stay and grow as a technical uh, engineer. Yeah, so, some great insights there and, and a lot of things to unpack. But just, just to note, like some things that I might add is, you know, having those opportunities to sort of try out one path or another, right? And, and also you were mentioning like, hey, you're, there's not necessarily formal training, but we do need to kind of take ownership for saying, hey, here are gaps that if I'm going to make a transition, and this is at any stage of your career, if there's a technical skill gap or if you do want to take that management leadership path, you need to find ways to, to close that. So sometimes there are courses, trainings you can take, certainly finding mentors or coaches who can help to, to guide you through that process. Because just thinking that you're going to just jump right in and it's going to be all fine and you're going to know all the answers, it's just unlikely. And that's true of, of whatever that next step is. And so we want to get that support along the way, like you're talking about there, as we move through the transitions and, and embrace that. But I want to stay here on this this topic of management, of we're managing people, but also projects and processes. In your mind, are there other key skills that we need to make sure to be aware of and, and grow if we were to go that direction? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think there are some key skills uh, that we can talk about, uh, you know, in our conversation uh, with respect to a project and people management. Uh, I believe in my experience, uh, uh, you know, in, in both the areas, I think there are some overlapping skills between both project management and people management. And some of those skills to mention is, I think, number one, I would say is effective communication. So mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, like project management, for example, uh, when you're leading and managing project, uh, working with different people, it is, and, and you know, managing a complex project it is very important to stay on top of things, right? And uh, the way you do that is, uh, you know, do regular check-ins, doing stand-ups, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, understand if there are any blockers and removing that as needed, uh, I think I think is very important. And similarly, as if I draw a parallel with respect to that specific skill in people management, I think, again, it is it is important to know how your team is doing, how your people are doing. So having those one-on-ones, uh, at, at a regular uh, cadence with your uh, with your people is is extremely important, uh, I think. And and along with that, I would say like you know uh, there is also skills related to like being an active listener. So whether you are like project manager or people manager, you have to have that listening trait. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's I think it's one of the key key critical skills um, as a leader and a manager. Uh, you want to, we want to probably improve on that because sometimes it doesn't come inherently to a lot of people. Uh, so that is something I, it is important. And then also like problem solving, whether it is problem solving and project management or problem solving and people management. I think there are different types of problems in both areas that you would encounter in a project management setting. Maybe the problems would be related to the project itself, or, you know, there is some issues with the some of the stakeholders or, you know, uh, there, there are different issues that you're battling. Whereas with the people management, again, you're, you're trying to solve problems, but could be related to like, uh, let's say, for example, there's a conflict or you want to resolve conflict between the team members. So that's that's always a tricky one. Uh, you got to understand different perspectives and, and make some strategic decisions over there. So I think, uh, I think there are different kinds of uh, problems solving skills that are required in people management. 
Uh, but apart from that, I think if I were to kind of break it down, I think some of the other skills that are required in project management is, you know, organizing and planning. Uh, so it is important to uh, have some best practices there and utilize different project management tools and techniques. There are so many, you know, different tools available uh, nowadays. So making best use of that is is important. And along with that, obviously managing budgeting resources, then and then the time management. And then also trying to point out what are the risks involved from the beginning itself and trying to do some sort of risk analysis where things could go wrong and what are the mitigation strategies. I think those are probably some of the important skills required in project management. Whereas in, and now if I come down to people management, I think uh, apart from some of the, some of the skills that I, that I mentioned, uh, I think some of the unique skills that are required is I think related to fostering, uh, as I said before as well, fostering like uh, it is important to have that inclination and motivation and skill to develop uh, an atmosphere which is positive, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, which is encouraging to your people and, and team to perform better and, and efficient and be efficient in their tasks. And then also, uh, you know, trying to bring your um, and trying to like, you know, hone your leadership style in the sense that being able to be there for your team uh, time and again. And, and, you know, because they're counting on you as a leader. So showing up and bringing that sense of ownership and leadership and leading by example is, is very important. And then bringing a sense of a culture to the team. I think that's also uh, important, I believe. And then along with that, I think uh, it is important to uh, encourage like uh, whether it is, uh, you know, recognition or uh, rewards, uh, you know, or like or trying to uh, set up like workshops and events, you know, and, and trying to trying to like basically inculcate that uh, sense of development opportunities uh, for for the folks, uh, I think is, is also important. So, yeah, so those are some of the key skills, uh, if we were to break down to be successful in both project management and people management. Okay. And, and so obviously some of those things overlap, but some of those things are different if you're just managing the project versus managing the, the people involved and some of the, the factors that go into that. Now, as an engineering leader, we're, we're managing projects and people, but also just recognize that in, in the engineering and technology world, there's a lot of complexities in the things that we're trying to enable our teams to accomplish. So how, and and also the the diversity of the teams, how people are different inside of that. So there's a lot of complexities there. How do you approach the complexity of all of this as you're trying to bring teams along with some of the important projects and and objectives to, that you're trying to meet? Yeah, so I think, uh, I, I believe that in, in my, um, what I have done in, in some of my experiences and I can draw from that, I think it is uh, it is it is quite challenging actually to manage uh, you know sometimes different teams you know coming from different backgrounds and uh, working on uh, you know a complex project and and some of the things or strategies that I have done that I can share uh, is essentially uh, you know trying to first of all appreciate the diversity uh, and trying to uh, you know one of the techniques that has worked. I would say is having that regular check-in and effective communication because I think there are if there are like 
different themes, uh, you know, coming from different cultural backgrounds and, you know, even like uh, different roles or, or you know, uh, or even working in different geographical regions. Uh, I think it is important to uh, have those uh, regular check-ins and regular communication with each other to understand what's going on and how things could be improved. Uh, but also along with that, I think I, what I have done is in the past promoted like uh, some sort of like uh, cultural, bring that like cultural awareness to everyone, like, you know, basically trying to understand like if, you know, if people are from different cultures, you know, trying to understand that a little bit more uh, and, and having that sense of awareness among everyone as well and appreciate that, that has helped in general and and also like uh, there's i have utilized uh, you know trying to utilize like different skill sets uh, because one of the advantages is that like if you're working on on a complex uh, project in a, in a in a challenging environment it, it is important to kind of realize that uh, people have different skills they are coming from diverse backgrounds uh, it could be cultural it could be geographical and it could be like the role specific as well uh, so it, it is important to, uh, you know, kind of utilize those specific skill sets that are required in some of those specific situations or circumstances. So allowing and identifying those needs and identifying those resources and, and trying to have that synergy is uh, has, has proven to be quite effective, I would say. And then obviously uh, also in and also having like people from different teams and the background, I think. I feel that that is an asset at times. I mean, of course, it, it can be challenging to manage everyone, but I think some of these techniques and approaches that I've used have worked uh, in general in most of the times. I mean, there have been some difficult times, but in general, I think having that kind of um, different diversity, what it does is that it brings like different perspectives and outlooks sometimes. So you have like different thoughts or, or different uh, thought processes, uh, which and which is at some, at, at times is very helpful. You know, when you're when you're trying to make some you know strategic decisions. Uh, so I think those are some of the techniques, I guess, or or approaches that that I've used in the past to kind of, in my experience, that have that that have been you know uh, sort of proven successful. Um, you know, yeah. working in a complex uh, project and and working with different teams. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great. And, and you're talking about the diversity and how important that can be. You know, we don't want everyone to be thinking the, the same way and then just, you know, agreeing with everything else. We actually want that, those diverse perspectives. It helps foster some of that innovation and creativity we're trying to get from our teams that we're building as we continue forward and work on uh, tough problems together because not everyone is going to look at things and challenges and, and problems and and systems in the same way. And that's a good thing. We want that to be happening. And so the job of the leader is to sort of help unleash that and cultivate that that process to unleash some of that creativity in, in everyone. So, you know, with your experience in both hardware and software over the years, are there ways that you, I mean, one of the things that I notice is that it seems like those those lines that used to be pretty separate in hardware and software are blending more and more. Right. So what do you see in the next five, 10 years is these in these different fields in hardware and software engineering as we move forward? Yeah, I think you made an excellent point, Jeff. Uh, I, I would agree with you that the line that used to be uh, quite distinct between 
hardware and software is now seeming like uh, you know more and more like a dot <laughs> uh, because you know it's it's it has become uh, you know we are living in the in the era of digital digitization and digital uh, you know computing era I would say and I think uh, over the next five to ten years uh, there are a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, and I would my uh, my prediction, uh, I think that the, over the next five to ten years in the areas of both hardware and software, I would continue to believe that there's going to be a complex blend of hardware and software. Um, yeah, and to that end, I believe that uh, we have been obviously talking a lot about AI, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and I think um, I would say that as far as the hardware is concerned, it's going to be very interesting to see, like based on the demand and the need, I believe there's going to be a lot more uh, development and advancement in terms of uh, like uh, custom custom hardware, custom computing hardware uh, uh, solutions. There are like, I, I, will, I will call them as like hardware accelerators, which means that, you know, there's going to be advancement in the hardware to enable how we can do things much faster, uh, more efficiently and support like the you know artificial intelligence capabilities in general uh, and and also support like you know edge computing supercomputing uh, and things like that uh, so I definitely see continued demand and probably work to be done in in those areas uh, I, I would continue to believe that the metaverse uh, which composes of augmented reality and virtual reality in the next five to ten years as we work on the next generation of computing hardware um, where, you know, people can essentially wear uh, those glasses or headsets and, and get transported to, uh, you know, to the real, to the to basically in real immersive world. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, definitely a big thing. And then really like, you know, connectivity, right? Connectivity in terms of connecting all the devices uh, over the internet, which is basically called as IoT, Internet of Things. Mm. Uh, so that connectivity is going to be there. And then also I would say that there is the 5G uh, uh, communication capabilities that are going to be there. Uh, and then I think there's going to be uh, quite a bit of work uh, that I would expect to be done on like energy efficient hardware, um, uh, how you can operate, uh, how, how you can build hardware that can operate on like very low power and low energy. Uh, that's going to be, I think, critical, especially for uh, segments like uh, renewable energy. And we're talking about like electric cars in general over the next five to 10 years to be massive. Uh, so those things are going to be critical. I would also see uh, hardware to be kind of, you know, uh, cutting edge in fields like um, uh, medical device. Uh, so medical device and healthcare, that's going to be uh, a big thing as well. Uh, so, so I think those are the different aspects of, uh, like, you know, hardware, I would say in the next five to 10 years are going to continue to be in trend. Uh, so people who are interested, uh, you know, in making careers in this area should definitely, uh, you know, consider pursuing any of these uh, areas. Uh, and then as far as the software, as I said, like it is, it, whatever I said is applicable to software as well in, in some ways or shape or form, because as as we just said, like there is, is going to be, to me, like people are talking about AI a lot, artificial intelligence and robotics and automation in general, uh, quite a lot. Uh, but to me, I think AI, artificial intelligence is really a complex blend. And, and I think I would continue to see definitely software uh, as well uh, in AI and machine learning 
and then obviously software in like again we talked about metaverse so software is going to be there uh, as part of the content uh, content platform driven uh, you know apps and how you can uh, you know create immersive uh, world for people and you know, connect them uh, essentially uh, and then I think uh, probably uh, one of the things with software I would I would imagine happening is really uh, in cloud you know we are talking about cloud computing and uh, different different variations of uh, what we can do with cloud and stuff like that so I think containerization and infrastructure on how you develop software and deploy that software at large scale uh, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be a continuous improvement and innovation process i think using the uh, cloud existing cloud infrastructure and also innovating the cloud infrastructure uh, as we speak uh, and then i think uh, lastly uh, i would also uh, imagine software you know kind of uh, playing an important role in enhancing like cybersecurity measures because as we are continuing to live in like you know uh, you're just going to continue to see the digital will grow and grow right so uh, as we are trying to do that, I think the software is going to play an important role in enhancing those security measures as well. So uh, yeah, I think those are like some of the specific areas that I see uh, is going to be uh, is going to continue to you know grow and and be huge in the next uh, five to ten years. Yeah, so lots of opportunity depending on industries, software and hardware, and some of the ways we're going to utilize some of these technologies as they continue to go forward. So. We know this has been a fun conversation. At this point, we're going to move over to our Take Action Today segment. And when we come back, we'll get one final piece of actionable advice from Vinod. We'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Vinod, we've had a lot of conversation around, especially leadership, managing people and projects and different things. But for those listeners of ours who are especially thinking about taking that management or leadership path, what's the final piece of actionable advice that you would give to them? Yeah, so I would suggest for people and individuals who are who are aspiring to be uh, in leadership roles to be able to, uh, I think uh, there are different things that you can do, but uh, I would suggest them to take ownership uh, of what you want to do, take uh, calculated risks, Embrace the opportunities that are given to you uh, and, and showcase that uh, leadership and talent and uh, basically be able to also talk to mentors and leaders and, and try to understand and essentially, you know, go in that journey and embrace it as needed. Okay, sounds good. Well, Vinod, thanks so much for being here with us. If people are interested in connecting with you or learning more about some of the things you're working on, where would you point them to learn more? Sure. Uh, people can reach me on my LinkedIn profile uh, through LinkedIn uh, and they can get in touch with me and I would be happy to address any questions or uh, any concerns that, you know, any any uh, listeners or, or individuals might have. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much for being here and wishing you nothing but continued success. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's my pleasure to be here and I really enjoyed this conversation with you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources or websites that we mentioned in the episode. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars for this month at the website as well. 
Additionally, for any engineers who feel like they need extra help taking the next career step or finding clarity in their careers, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com or you can go grab my career clarity checklist found at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash career clarity. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors.